Amen. This, this morning, our text for today will be found in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 13. Amen. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 13. Verses 6 through 9. Amen. Amen. The gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, starting at verse 6, you will find these words. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Hmm. But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. Hmm. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. This afternoon, I want to speak with you from the thought, true repentance. True repentance. repentance. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Nestled in the 13th chapter of Luke is a parable of many parables spoken by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this particular parable is in the agricultural context. We see in here that a certain man had planted a fig tree in the vineyard. And he planted this one and he had a keeper in the vineyard as well. First of all, we want to bring out a couple of cast members of this parable, being the certain man being God and the keeper being Jesus. Amen. And so, so when we look at our text and we begin to unpack these verses, we see that a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Well, Verse 6, I contend that God is looking for fruit and fruit only on our trees. The certain man came to his vineyard and his vineyard is all of the trees and the land thereof. The Bible lets us know 
that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. So in this context, we can use the context of the church and his church members. Amen. He has planted everyone in their place in the vineyard. Whether they are fruit bearing trees or lifeless trees. But they are still trees nonetheless. I believe if we look at this text in the connotation that God wants us to see, this fig tree had leaves on it. And by all manners of life or the way that we assume that life is coming from this tree, it looked like it was alive. Mm-hmm. It probably had green leaves on it and everything looked to be as if this tree was ready to bear fruit. But for some reason, the tree is not bearing fruit at all. I continue to you today that in the church context, in the contemporary church of today, there are congregations with many members But everybody in there isn't fruit-bearing trees. You may look like you're alive in Christ. You may talk like you're alive in Christ. You may have those green leaves that makes others believe that you are alive, but you're not bearing any fruits. God is not interested in you looking like you are his but that you are his and that you are bearing fruit. Let's just talk a moment about bearing fruits. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and patience and humbleness. Are you bearing any fruit? Do you love your neighbor? Do do you really love them or are you just tolerating them? Do you have green leaves but you really don't care anything about your neighbor? And in this context, your neighbor can be your brother, your sister, your fellow church member. Are you coming to church because it's the right thing to do? Are you coming to church to sit and to be counted? Are you coming to church because this is what you've always done? Are you coming because you love to see your brother or your sister in the Lord? Are you coming because you have a repentant heart toward God and you realize that God has taken you out of the muck and miry clay of your sinful lifestyle and turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground and now because God has done all this for you out of a heart of gratefulness you're looking to bless somebody else or is yours just a religion do you just come because Grandmama used to come and mama comes and daddy comes. Oh, is that why you come? And you come because I grew up in the church. Uh, you come because well, even when I was a little girl, this is what I did on Sunday. Well. Or do you have true repentance? 
That's a very important question that every believer in this church should be asking. From the baptismal to the back of the room. What are we here for? Why are we here? Are we here because we love God and love God's people? Or are we here just because it's the thing to do? And then it talks about long-suffering and it talks about peacefulness. Do you have strife in your heart toward your brother and sister? Do you really love them? Do you really want to be with them? Or do you do the best you can to be here but not to really connect? You're not bearing any fruit that way. You're not bearing any fruit is if you can't spend some time dealing with folks who are not all that lovable. On Saturday in Bible study, we talked about this, having love without hypocrisy. Are you in here looking like you loving, but on the inside, really, you can't stand your brother or sister? Is that why you're here? Amen. But if you are here that way, then you're not bearing any fruit. And you are in danger of something that nobody in here, I'm sure, wants. And that's to be cut out of the vineyard. When we look at our lives and we, we, we look at how we operate, the Bible allows us to realize that fruit-bearing trees, godly trees, do all of the things that God is calling us to do. We, we use our gifts for the edification of the saints. We use our gifts because we want to see our brother and sister better off than they were. We come and we, we, we love one another and encourage one another and we, we come together for the sake of one another. Do you have true repentance or are you just plain church? When you come to church, are you looking for another avenue by which you can touch a heart or a soul? Are you coming because you out of your own desire that you coming to pray to God and you want to reach him in the fervency of your spirit? Or are you just coming because it's the thing to do? True repentance. Today is a serious message because some folks are going to mess around here and live all their lives in the church and go to hell. You're going to be around here looking churchy. But you're going to bust hell wide open. And the spirit of God has told me that we have that condition in this house. So today my heart is very heavy. And this sermon is serious business. Because I don't want to see nobody bust hell wide open after spending all your life around the church. But you never let the church inside of you. It's more than just coming in the building. But it's letting the master come inside of you. And the only way that you can start to realize what it means to be a true Christian is to have God to come inside. God says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, that he will come in and he will sup with you. He will eat with you and he will do the things in your life that needs to be done for you to have that change. You don't want to live your whole life and then at the day of judgment, 
When you see the Lord, the Lord says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Be ye cast in the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you're not 100% sure you got a relationship with Jesus Christ that's a lasting relationship, that's fruit-bearing, go back to the drawing board now while there's blood running warm in your veins. Because when that great getting up morning comes, I don't want to miss nobody in this house. And I'm sure the believers in this house don't want to miss nobody else either. Amen. So when we look at our text, we see something about God that I'm so glad about. Because if he wasn't like this, I believe we'd all be like that rich man, Lazarus, who was tormented in the flame, who was crying out if anyone, that if that Lazarus dip his finger in the water and cool his tongue, for I am tormented in the flame. When we look at our text, We see in verse 7, then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. There are certain fig trees, amen, that start bearing fruit in year one. And I believe that this tree was supposed to be one of those. But the long-suffering of the keeper or the master of the vineyard said, I've come three years. I've come one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost waiting on you to bear some fruit. But I ain't found any. I didn't find any fruit when I came back the third year. Yeah. And in this text, I believe the, the emotion here is a, a, an emotional anger mm-hmm. toward this tree that should have been bearing fruit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was in his vineyard as a fig tree. It had leaves on it, but it wasn't bearing any fruit. Well. The only way that you can tell what kind of tree a tree is, is by the fruit that it bears. I know we have scientific stuff that we can look at in the inside of trees and look at their makeup and all that but you know what? That don't mean nothing if it's a fig tree and it don't bear any figs. If it's an apple tree and it doesn't bear any apples. If it's a pear tree and it doesn't bear any pears. So what of its internal makeup is not being useful for anything. Amen. But it's growing and using up the ground. He says, hey, man, you're using up all the minerals, using up the fertilizer, the water, and all the irrigation system. Everything's going to this tree, and this tree isn't doing nothing. Coming to church, and you're using up the word of God, you're using up the things of God, you're using up the food and the resource and everything else, but you're doing nothing for the Lord. You're not exhibiting any of the attributes that God has called you to be. God's not happy with that. You're not faithful. You don't believe that you need to be committed and you're not faithful. In other words, you don't believe God's promises. You're still acting as if you're in the world 
except for your Sunday morning experience. Mm. But even in that, it's lackluster. Amen, because you're not bearing any fruit. Do you have true repentance? When we look at our text, we see that he goes on to say, cut it down. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Mm. God is not playing with us. See, because God is not doing us like he did the uh, people of Israel and the other nations of the Old Testament. He's not opening up the ground and swallowing folks up. And he's not burning folks up at the altar and stuff like that, which he did with Aaron's son. He's not doing that. He's not doing what he did with uh, Eli's sons. But that doesn't mean God is not God. Because God says, I am the Lord and I change not. Jesus Christ says, Jesus Christ today, yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. Now, we're living in a different dispensation, but God's judgment is still final. Amen. 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 So you can play around and play church because it feels like there's no consequence. I mean, my house didn't catch on fire and burn up and the Lord didn't come down and talk to me directly about it so I can keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm all right. But are you all right? Are you bearing fruits? See, that's your indicator today. He don't need to talk to you. Are you loving your brothers? Are you loving your sisters? Are you being long-suffering with folks? Are you looking to help your brothers and sisters? Or are you just tolerating them, huh? Is that what's going on? Are you being committed to the work of the master? Those are the things that are going to indict us. God doesn't have to come down and talk to you directly. He doesn't have to come like he did with Job in a tornado or in a whirlwind and talk with you. Your own works will decide. Amen. So when we look at our text, we see that God is full of grace and provision. I'm so glad that that is the case because we got time. To get it right. We got time to get our business fixed. We got time to repent. To truly repent. And stop playing around. And let God in and do what you cannot do for yourself. Amen. Now look at the text. In verse 8. He says. But he answered and said unto him. Sir. Let it alone. This year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. Oh, this keeper, even though the master had already given grace and mercy, for three years the master waited plenty of time, ample time to start bearing some fruit, Deke. But here comes the keeper. And the keeper says, Give him another year. Sister Evelyn, give him another year to get it together. And matter of fact, I'm not just going to leave them in the uncultivated ground, amen, to themselves. But the text says he's going to what? He's going to dig around it and fertilize it. Mm. There's coming a day that there will be no excuse for not getting it right with the Lord. Jesus Christ is bringing ample, ample 
resource and ample everything that we need in order to get right with the Lord. He says, I'm going to dig around it. Just in case the soil that it's been living in is so hard that it can't, it can't function, it can't get the air that it desires, I'm going to dig around it. Right. I'm going to break up that ground right. so that the ground is cultivated so that the roots can get everything that they need and to be able to stretch out and move, and I'm going to also fertilize it. I'm not just going to let it be there without everything it needs to produce. Jesus saying, I'm going to bring opportunity for you to hear the word and to receive the word. Man. I'm going to give you opportunity to have everything you need to start bearing some fruit. Mm. My arms are open wide that I have the Holy Spirit ready to give to you, to change you from the inside out. I'm going to dig around you and I'm going to fertilize you. Well. So that you don't miss it. That the master doesn't have to cut you down. I love Jesus for being so kind and so sweet. So long suffering toward us. And that we've got opportunity while the blood is still running warm in our veins. But verse 9 lets us know that God has an impending judgment. God has an impending judgment. Verse 9 says, And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. We don't have forever to make up our minds about Jesus. We don't have forever to truly repent and to turn from our wicked ways and be entered into the joy of the Lord. We don't have forever to repent truly to God and ask him to forgive us of our sins and to turn and to start bearing the fruit of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not forever. And the other thing about this judgment is you really don't know when that year is going to be up. For some of us, it may be when Jesus comes back. But for others, it will be when we go to the grave. Because nothing is happening after you go to the grave. Amen. Because that parable showed us with Lazarus and the rich man that for the believer... That the angels came and took him to Abraham's bosom. But the rich man died and was buried. And the Bible says when he lifted up his eyes, he lifted them up in hell. And he cried out and he, and he, and he talked to, to Abraham and he was like, Abraham, would you, would you let Lazarus go back and tell my kinfolks, yeah, yeah. don't go the way I went. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do that. I got brothers that, that need to hear. Yeah. And Abraham said, no, they got Moses and the prophets. If they won't hear them, they won't hear one even if he's come back yeah, yeah. from the dead. And you know, when I heard those words, it caused me to, to think about something hmm. that we all know. 
And that is, almost 2,000 years ago, there was one who came back from the dead. And his name is Jesus. And even after Jesus came back from the grave, Mm. that he was resurrected, there are still folks who are still not walking with the Lord. There are still folks who want to drive their own bus. They want to do it their own way. So even with Jesus dying and being buried and raised from the grave, folks still are rejecting the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's right. Abraham was right when he said, no, no. Send Lazarus back, they still going to keep doing what they're doing. But one thing is for sure that that judgment is impending. The year is coming to an end. So my contention and my my prayer today is that you get it right with the Lord. You don't keep on playing church. You don't keep coming in the church but not letting the church inside of you. Get right with the Lord. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. How do you see your brother or sister? Are you loving them? Are you seeking their good? If not, go back to the drawing box. Go back to where you got off. Don't let tomorrow come without knowing because tomorrow is not promised. You got to do what you do for the Lord today. Amen. And so as I close today, once again, I talk about the long suffering of God. When we see in the passages on Noah, that Noah was a righteous man in his season, in his time. The Bible says for 120 years that Noah preached. He was a preacher of righteousness. But one of them days, the 120 years came to a close. One of those days that Noah and his family entered in to the ark of safety and God sealed it shut and Noah couldn't open the door to let nobody else in nor could he open the door to let himself out it was God's work and I contend today as much as I love you and as much as you may love me I gotta get mine and you gotta get yours Because if you don't work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and I don't work out mine, there's nothing you can do for me or nothing I can do for you. Amen. Amen. So all I'm doing right now is crying out as one from the wilderness saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so today the gospel message is that long-standing eternal message of the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. That one Friday evening that he died on Golgotha's hill yeah. for the sins of the entire world. Yeah. He died that we might live, but you can't live unless you repent and trust in him and him alone. The Bible goes on to let us know that he was on that cross from the third to the ninth hour. But in the ninth hour, he put his head in the locks of his shoulders and he gave up 
the ghost. He died, didn't he die? He died for you and for me to do for what for us that we could not do for ourselves. There had to be a sinful, I mean a sinless sacrifice for sinful people. And his name is Jesus. The Bible says they took him down from that old rugged cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday. He was in that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. But it was early so early before the crickets began to sing their song it was early before the frogs began to croak it was early before the dew began to fall it was early that Sunday morning that Jesus got up with all
The good news today is that you can get it right with the Lord today. While the blood is running warm in your veins, you can get it today. And even on this day, I am led to open the doors for those who are believers. But the doors open a little different for you. If you've got hatred in your heart toward your brother or your sister, and you know that you haven't been treating them the way that you ought to, you can come today for prayer. We're going to have a time of prayer. Prayer is the principal thing. Without prayer, you can do nothing. God says you have not because you ask not. And you ask in prayer. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Get it right today. New Zion needs to be all that God wants it to be. But we can't be sitting around trying to set up traps for one another. We got to be right about one another and look for the good for every one of our brothers and sisters. The only way that the world is going to see that we are truly disciples of God is that we love one another. You can come today. Right now is the time to get it right with the Lord. that's not full of love by every member of the body. 
Because we'd be down here all this time with all the issues of this life and go to hell would be a tragic or most tragic thing. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And now, um, as we get prepared for our offering, amen, and our benediction, amen, let us continue to keep the members on our prayer list, amen, in prayer, especially those who are not here, amen, amen. For whatever reason, God or, or the devil has convinced them that they don't need God, amen. They don't need to be amongst the people of God, amen. Let us continue to pray for them, amen. Amen. Let us stand. Amen for our benediction. That's not pleasing unto thee. Lord, to see whether or not we are fruit-bearing trees. Are we bearing the fruit of the Spirit or not? And if so, Lord, help us to get back to where we've gotten off. Lord, help us to get to that place to where we open our doors and let you into our hearts. That we might not miss that glorious train, that old ship of Zion. That we might not miss that travel from this land to the land to come. That we might not miss going into the land of promise. Lord, help us to be all that we need to be in you, oh God. Lord, we can't do it without you. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we prepare for our offering, oh God. Lord, we ask that this offering be used for the edification of the church. And the forwarding of your ministry, oh God. That your kingdom be built with the exact specifications that you would have it to be. And Lord, we thank you for every saint, oh God. Put a holy hedge around them and keep them from all hurt, harm, and danger. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Please be seated and obey the ushers. Amen. Amen.